0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's an honor to be here in front of you today. And it's great to see a lot of your smiling faces as we regather and get more of you in the building. It's just a a treat for me to go around and see all these shining faces. Um, If you were here last week, first of all, we had what I would call the Rolls Royce of services as we were out in the Penfield Amphitheater soaking up the sun. It was absolutely gorgeous as we celebrated Independence Day. So now we're back in here. If you're online, I'm glad you're joining us. And today we are going to be talking about this idea of freedom. And this idea of freedom is found so often in the Bible. And today our theme verse is 2 Corinthians 3.17. And it's so short. I brought my Bible, but I don't even need to open it because it's so punchy, so wonderful, and so amazing. And it's this. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now we are in a series message or titled "Words to Live By," and the idea of this series, if you heard Rob last week, or if you've been here, or this is your first time joining us, it's this idea that the Bible is full, that Jesus is full of beautiful truths, some nuggets of truth. And when we not just, when we don't just talk about them, when we not just think about them or talk about them or mull them over in our mind, but when we internalize them and then we externalize them, when we put them into action, when we live. Life according to these truths, according to Jesus' teachings then real life change happens. So our our uh, declaration to you, what we want you to do, our charge is for you to take the words that we listen to, the words from the Holy Scriptures, and to apply them to your life. Not just think about them, but to apply them. And we are uh, reading our theme verse, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, is such a powerful one. And it's an easy one to just uh, just launch off and say, but in my own life, I've had a very Say, complicated relationship with freedom. Um, Today, I'm going to tell you my experience with this verse, with this biblical truth, and how it's played out in my own life. And my hope for you is that you can uh, see me processing through my relationship with freedom in the Spirit of the Lord and apply it to your own life and understand where you need freedom today. One thing, uh, if you know the McGinnis name, my last name, if you know us, you know that we are good, free Methodists, uh, a good, free Methodist family. What do I mean by free Methodist? That is a denomination of the church. It's the same one that, uh, that Roberts Wesleyan College is founded on, free Methodism. And the roots of that go all the way back to the 1800s, When the founders really took this verse and really applied it to their denomination. Why free Methodists? Well, first and foremost, they were for the freedom of slaves. They were for the freedom of slaves, first and foremost. They wanted to make it known that their church, when they follow Christ, they are for the freedom of slaves. Number two, they wanted to make it known that they were for free church pews. Now, many of you might not know this, especially students who are in here, but back in the day, uh, you used to have to pay for your pews. So those who were sitting up at the front, we knew that they gave the most money to the church. So you guys up here, McIverney's, wow, your status would be really high and everyone would know it that you guys were, were really high in stature and gave a lot of money to the church. But for those who were less fortunate, who did not give as much money or gave no money or didn't have that money to give, they had to sit in the back. They had to sit in the far back, and it was very clear who those people were. And it created this hierarchy, this status, and it was not good. So the free Methodist founders said, no, not today. The church is open for all people. Free pews, you can sit wherever you want because we are all equal. Freedom for the slaves, free pews. Methodists. And then lastly, they were for the free expression of the Spirit, which I had to do a little research. But it turns out back in the day, uh, you would come into church service and you'd sit down and you'd remain silent and you'd stay sitting for the entire service. Doesn't matter if there's music being played, whatever it is, you stay sitting, you stay silent. And the free Methodist founders said, no, we want there to be freedom of expression in the Spirit. If you want to stand during worship, if you want to give a shout of praise, a shout of joy, you are free to do so. (laughs) And that was them. Freedom for the slaves. Freedom uh, of pews. Free pews and freedom of expression in the Spirit. And I was deeply ingrained in this Free Methodist Church. I was a third generation Roberts Wesleyaner. My grandpa was a Free Methodist pastor for 60 years at Brockport, Pierce, things like that. My, I had two uncles in the Free Methodist Church, and my parents were Free Methodists. And Free Methodism also came with a couple of other things. As it progressed, as it went along throughout the years, Free Methodists realized that there were some actions, some activities that were tearing apart some families in their church, some activities that were tearing apart the church itself, and they wanted to make it clear that they were going to live a holy life honoring to God. So they put, uh, put things, rules down like no drinking. They saw it tear apart so many families. They said, guys, we're just not going to touch it. No drinking, no smoking, no tobacco, no drugs, Uh, even to the point of no dancing. That was one, which has been lifted. But they saw that in this day and era, dancing was dividing. That's what my grandpa would say. Dancing divides the church, right? Uh, (laughs) And so there's no dancing and although these were not the core of the, of the faith, the core in, was where the Spirit of the Lord is there. It's freedom, 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 freedom. That was the core of free Methodism. Growing up, I found that if I cling to the rules and if I did the rules just perfectly, wow, my parents loved that. They loved when I followed the rules. Uh, my teachers loved when I followed the rules. Oh, yeah, I, I loved it. Going to the principal's office would have been the worst thing for me because it would have meant that I didn't follow the rules. And that was not me. That's not Aaron McGinnis, right? Um, and I thought, well, if my parents love that and if my uh, teachers love that, God must absolutely love when I follow the rules. So I saw these rules that the church had placed on and I'm like, I will never, I will never, I will never, I will never. And as I got into high school, I was really proud of myself because that became my identity. Uh, When people said Aaron McGinnis, my name, what I hope would come to mind is Aaron McGinnis. That's the kid who doesn't drink. That's the kid who doesn't smoke. That's the kid who doesn't curse. He never swears. It's incredible. Um, That's the kid who skips basketball on Sunday because he keeps the Sabbath day holy, right? That's Aaron McGinnis. Um, And that was my identity, But in order to maintain that identity, as the kid who didn't do this, didn't do that, didn't do that, in order to maintain that identity, I tried in my life to avoid all circumstances of sin. Any circumstance, any event, anything that could possibly get me near these things, these rules, I wanted to stay as far away from as possible. This kind of came out in funny ways. For example, I got uh, asked to the Sadie Hawkins dance, which uh, was it my dream? It might have been my dream, right? Got asked to the Sadie Hawkins dance, and I got there and I was excited, but I noticed very early on in the dance that many of my friends, many of the people, were doing some what I would call risque dancing maneuvers, right? And what did I do? Well, because Aaron McGinnis isn't the person who participates in any of those things, because I was someone who wanted to be viewed as not even dealing or touching those things, what did I do during that dance? I left and went and I talked to the chaperones for the whole dance. That's literally what I did. Uh, The gym teachers were very kind. Um, (laughs) And this happened again my senior year at prom. The same thing. Some risque dance moves. I went and talked to the, the leaders the entire time. I completely removed myself from my circumstance because I thought that was what I needed to do to honor God and to avoid sin and also, as I got older, my best friends started uh, drinking. They started getting, uh, putting beers in their fridge, and they would go out on Friday nights just to a friend's house. And I said, I'm not going to your friend's house. I'm not going there. I'm Aaron McGinnis, the kid who doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't swear. And I found myself uh, on Friday nights all my senior year home alone by myself, and what the irony was that in trying to form my identity as the perfect free Methodist boy, I didn't feel very free. And that brings me to my first point. It's this. Freedom is not a circumstance issue. It's a heart issue. Freedom is not a circumstance issue. It's a heart issue. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is there. There is freedom. I noticed when I was thinking about this verse, and I was thinking about this idea of of, uh, not our circumstances, our circumstances don't determine our freedom. When I was thinking how the Spirit of the Lord determines our freedom, I noticed that in myself and probably in many for many of us, we grew up in America in a free country with democracy. And sometimes, without even thinking about it, we expect this verse to say, where there is democracy, there is freedom. Or where, when I live in the United States, there is freedom. Or uh, where I am able to have free speech, there is freedom. We start to think of freedom as a geological thing. It's based on where we live. That's where freedom is found. And if I can get into this space, then I will have freedom. But freedom is not a circumstance issue. And for many of us sitting here today, we might not feel free at all, yet we are in a free country. And it's because freedom is not a circumstance issue, it's a heart issue. How do we know this? Well, Paul, the author of this uh, verse uh, in 2 Corinthians, writing to the church of Corinthians, where is he when he's writing this, where he's exclaiming this beautiful truth about having freedom? Where is he? He's in prison. (laughs) He's in a country that knows nothing about freedom of speech. He's in a country that is literally imprisoning him for his beliefs. And he can't leave where he is. He can't can't get out. He is chained to his location. Yet he said, there is freedom. And I have more freedom than I've ever had. Because freedom is not a circumstance issue. It's a heart issue. And that's good news. That's really good news, actually, for us. It's good news for the world, because no matter what you're doing, if you're sitting in your chair and you're thinking, man, this situation that's actually outside of my control, it's really chaining me down. It's weighing me down. It's such a burden. It means that we can experience freedom even in those situations. Where is freedom? It's where the spirit is. What did Paul do? He said, hey, these circumstances, these circumstances are awful. I don't have any earthly, worldly freedom at all right now. But when I turn to the Lord and I ask him uh, to, to transform me, when I understand his love for me and understand how much he loves me even in this circumstance, wow, his spirit dwells inside of me and I have Freedom unlike any freedom I've ever experienced in my life because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It's not based on circumstance. It's based on your heart. That leads me to my second point. Knowing godly rules. Godly rules are good, but God himself is better. Godly rules are good. God himself is better. Parents. Parents, I've gotten to meet a lot of you these days, uh, working with your students, and I respect you a ton. <laughs> I, I was thinking, as I got older in life, life became more complicated, and I'm not even a parent yet. When you hit parenthood, oh my gosh, you guys are dealing with things that are so com- complicated, so complex, so many layers, and I just applaud you for even stepping into that. Students, you should appreciate your parents, right? Um, but parents, when, you're, when your kids, when your children are little, what do you do? You set rules for them, right? You set rules for them. But your hope, at some point, those rules, your, your kids will grow out of it. They'll come to a point where they are no longer under your rules. They have to make decisions for themselves. They become adults And your hope for them is not that they just hit the rules perfectly for their whole entire life until they die, right? That's not your true hope for your kids. Your hope is not that they obey this rule and obey that rule till the end of the day. What is your hope for them? Your hope is that they understand your heart behind the rule. They understand that you love them and care for them and want them to be safe. And you want to do everything you can for your child. And you hope that they understand that you love them so much that it transforms their heart to love others. And when when they come out from underneath you, when they go into adulthood, that their heart is transformed and they love those around them. They love themselves and try to teach those same things to their kids. Your hope is not for them to worship your rules. Your hope is for them to worship your heart. Or at, at least when we think of ourselves as children of God, and especially in my own instance, I worship the rules. I, I would have been happy if the rules just kept on going, if there was more rules. I would have loved if there was more rules. Because when I got older and started to, to uh, not be underneath my parents, life got more complex And the rules I had for myself, uh, they just didn't do the job anymore. These easy rules of not drinking, not smoking, yada, yada. I had tons of them that I was trying to follow to a T. And when I got to the point where life got more complex, I didn't know what to do. For example, one of these rules that I just clung to, I found my identity in. It It was like number one was this idea of not drinking, right? And I remember my friend's 21st birthday. I'm 21 at this point. And he's so excited. He's like, Aaron, let's celebrate my birthday. Will, he's my best friend. Like, will you come to the bar with me? I'll get my first legal drink. We can play darts and go home. It'll be so fun. I'd love for you to join me. But I'm Aaron McGinnis, the kid who doesn't drink or smoke or any of that. What do, I'm like, what do I what do I do, right? I'm looking for that nuanced rule that tells me exactly what to do in this situation. But the thing was, I didn't, need, uh, I didn't need more rules. What I needed was a change of heart. I didn't need more rules to adhere to, to worship, to follow. What I needed was a transformed heart so that I can go into any situation and act with godly wisdom wherever I am. And in my life, rules were falling short for me. What's even worse, even worse is not only were rules falling short, and I had situations I just didn't know what to do. I felt paralyzed. I definitely didn't feel free. But what also happened is all these rules that I had placed for myself, some of them uh, godly rules, I started failing them. I started finding myself uh, doing the things that I never said I would do, doing the things that my identity was absolutely cord around, that the things that I worshipped, I found myself breaking those rules. And when I would go to bed at night, I would think, Aaron, what, what are you doing? Aaron, what are you doing? This is terrible. You're a terrible person, Aaron. And I was absolutely crushed. I was trying to change my circumstances at all moments. I was trying to change my actions, but what I really needed was a change of heart Godly rules are good, but God himself is better. When we look for a change of heart, the only place that is found is in Christ himself, in Jesus himself. And when we, despite the circumstances, despite what's going on, when we turn to him and invite him into our hearts, that's where we find freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where my heart is changed because of the love of God, there is freedom. It's not based on your circumstance. It's not based on your rules. I was processing through this with uh, the staff here at uh, uh, Browncroft and they helped me put it into great words. So I have a a little statement I'm reading that just talked about um, the slavery that comes from not worshiping the true God, but worshiping anything else. And this was my, this is my journey and this stings and rings so true for me. So if you'd listen to this, it says, Following the right actions and getting in the right circumstances became my God. And in doing so, I prevented God from working in me. Why? I was attacking my actions. I was attacking my circumstances. I was not attacking my heart. I worshipped and therefore was a slave to the rules I had grown up trusting in. And this is where God really got at the core of what was going on in my heart, really got at the core of this, this slavery of where I needed freedom but didn't feel like there was any hope for freedom. As I broke my own rules and I, as I couldn't live up to the standards, as I couldn't live up to my own identity, Aaron McGinnis, the kid who didn't drink, smoke, curse, yada, yada, yada. When I realized I couldn't live up to that, this is what happened. Worshiping the rules produced self-righteousness in me. By following the rules, I had come to believe that I was better than the people around me. But when I realized I wasn't better than everyone, I crumbled. My worldview shattered. I found meaning in the rules. I was a slave to the rules. And when, when they failed me, it left me feeling chained, ashamed, and Paralyzed. Guys, I implore you, anything, anything that gives your life meaning, anything that animates your life, anything that fuels you to get up in the day and move forward, that isn't God himself, will leave you feeling chained, ashamed, and paralyzed. Godly rules are good. They are good. But God himself is better. We need to open our hearts and experience the true life transformation that comes when God enters your hearts and transforms your life. You can try to live a life like I did where you follow the rules and just try as hard as you can to get into circumstance and to avoid sin and and find your identity in that. But that can only get you so far and it will end up leaving you feeling chained, ashamed, and paralyzed. And this leads me to my last point. Where do you need freedom? I want you guys to think about this. For me, I thought when I experience, for for true freedom to come to my life, I'll just find a place where my schedule, everywhere I go, leaves me far away from sin. Oh, if I can figure out that method, rhythm of life, that's where freedom is, right? But it left me feeling chained, ashamed, and paralyzed. What's weighing you down? Where are you trying to find true freedom? There's there's an end to this story. I was finding my identity in the rules. And when the rules failed me, I was crushed. But in those moments where I felt terrible, where I felt like I couldn't live up to my own identity, God was very, very kind to me. He made it so easy for me to turn to him in those moments where I didn't know what I was doing. I couldn't move forward. I didn't know who I was. And I just turned to God and said, God, help me. I need you. I'm not better than everyone else. Lord, I need you. I need you. I need you. And uh, at the end of my senior year, things got really tough. I, I was at Roberts. I lost a lot of friends. Friends started leaving me. I I was really in a a tough place in my soul. I felt like I was broken. My identity had been shattered. Um, But I I kept turning to God. He was very kind to me. He offered me an opportunity to kind of reinvent myself, reinvent my identity. Um, He offered me an opportunity in Virginia to, to move to Virginia, to do a program through a church. Um, down there, which was really uh, transformational. And I had realized at this point the core lie that I was better than people because I followed the rules. I realized that wasn't true. Man, I broke my own rules. I realized I wasn't better than anyone. But what I needed then was to have my heart transformed and know that I was loved by God no matter what I did. So when I went to Virginia and I went to this church, I got to go to a church service there. I was broken, and I was, God was building me up as kindly as he could. He was so gentle with me. And I went to a beautiful service. The worship was beautiful. The prayers were beautiful. I, w- I was turning to God as much as I could because I felt so broken. And at the end of the service, the pastor gets up, and he breaks bread, and he invites the church into communion. So we all take the bread And we take it, um, and then we get to the point where he talks about Jesus shedding his blood for us. He's like, this is an opportunity for you to join in Jesus's story, to break bread with him, to drink wine with him, and, and understand the beauty and his love for us. Come be in communion with Jesus. And I walked up and realized that it wasn't grape juice this time. It was, it was actual wine that was in this communion cup. And I'm thinking back, my grandpa, my grandma, my parents, my, no one in my family had ever had a drink of alcohol. And I'm continuing the legacy. Three, three generations strong at Roberts. So I'm like, this, if there's any rule that I had clung to and thought my identity was in, for some reason, I don't know why, it was this idea that, uh, that Aaron McGinnis was at least, uh, nothing else, the kid who didn't drink, right? And I get to this point and it was as if Jesus was asking me, Aaron, what do you worship more? Do you worship your own rules? Is that the center of your life? Is that what's animating you? Is it your own rules that you are trusting in? Or is it communion with me? Are you gonna put me at the center of your life? Are you gonna let me transform your heart? Are you gonna let me give you abundant life that will last forever, that will give you identity beyond what you can make for yourself? And so I chose, and I participated in communion, and I prayed to God. And I remember sitting down in the seats and just having this unbelievable burden lifted, feeling truly free, saying, God, I choose you. I choose you over any other core identity in my life. I choose you. I want you to animate my life, not anyone else. And it was, it was then when I, I realized something really crucial. That God did not love me because I was Aaron McGinnis, the kid who didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't curse, didn't go to dances, things like that. God didn't love me because I was that Aaron McGinnis. No, God loved me because I was a child of God. Amen. And that's all that mattered. And from that moment forward, it changed things. It changed things drastically in my life. I felt... Like, I felt transformed. I felt like I could go into situations, any situation, and practice godly wisdom wherever I was and experience the joy of the Lord no matter what my circumstances were. No matter where I found myself, I could experience the freedom that was in Christ. Why? Because freedom wasn't based on my circumstance, freedom was based uh, on Jesus Christ Himself. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So, I implore you, (laughs) knowing God himself is better than anything else. Having God transform you from the inside is better than anything else. And you can experience a freedom that you would never dream to imagine uh, when you put your identity in other things. So the question, where do you need freedom? For me, I needed freedom from self-righteousness. It was a big one. And, And although I did... God has transformed me a ton. I, there's still areas of my life where I need to turn to God, and I haven't. I need him to, to come into my life and transform those areas as well. For you, you might be thinking, man, I'll experience true freedom when the kids are out of the house, and I don't have to bring them to, to baseball, to tennis, to youth group. Like, oh. Then I'll experience true freedom. Or maybe you're someone who's, <laughs> who thinks, man, I'll experience true freedom when I hit that number in the bank where I know my family is going to be good for years and years to come. When I finally work and work and work and reach that number, whew, then I'll experience true freedom. Maybe you're thinking, man, there's this one thing about my appearance. Man, when I get to change that, when that thing changes or I become okay with that, whew, then I will experience true freedom or when my boss finally starts to appreciate the work I've been doing, then I'll have true freedom. When my children are obedient and people can look and know that they are following the rules, wow, when they just obey, that will give me true freedom. When I finally move on from this job, when my, that one close friend finally comes to Christ, when that illness that I've been battling for a while finally goes away and I'm not experiencing the suffering that comes from that, wow then I'll have true freedom. But be careful, because that's a lie, because freedom is not found in our circumstance. It's found where the Spirit of the Lord is. I'm going to give you all one minute to think about this. Think about where you might need freedom in your life, and it might be really nuanced. There's things that we trust in all the time that are not God himself, but God himself is better every time. So I'm going to give you one minute be honest with God and ask him to reveal those places and to come into your hearts so let's pray We're going to end today by uh, singing a song called The Heart of God. And the thing that's really special about this song is that for me, it kind of accurately portrays my life story, <laughs> what I've kind of told you um, in relationship to freedom to God and where it's found. And I'm just going to read the lyrics for you um, and know that this is good news. I, it's good news. It says, here I stand before you now, As honestly as I know how, broken by the days gone by, spirit help my soul to rise. I try my best, but still I fail. And even then, you're with me there. You remind me I'm a child of God, regardless of the things I've done. Oh, my hope is found in perfect love. All to Jesus I surrender. all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily life. Your mercy triumphs over judgment. Love wider than horizons. You're stronger than all sin. Lord, your kindness leads us to repentance. to your heart, O oh God. Your heart, O oh God, is all I want. Guys, true freedom is found in the heart of God. It's found when we turn to him because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Would you stand and sing the song today?